Dueling Dialogues is brought to you by our affiliates at IX Web Hosting. Click the banner on the rightleftchronicles.com to get up to 40% off your first year of the best hosting on the planet. Today's episode of Dueling Dialogue is brought to you by Saucy Eva. Gma's marinade is coming soon to a plate near you to gourmetize your meats and proteins. Coming to you from that once forgotten artery that pulses through the center of the continental United States and into the heart of the Ozarks, Grace Matthews. Looking in from the northern border, our Canadian friend, along with his countrymen feeling the effects of U.S. political issues, Connor Murphy. Welcome to episode 9 of Dueling Dialogues. I'm Connor Murphy out here on the west coast of North America with Grace Matthews all the way in Springfield, Missouri. Hi Grace, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. It's Friday. Yes, it is. Love for my Friday. Friday's the best day of the week. Well, it's been a busy week for us with Trump being in Springfield. Certainly has. Yeah, so do you want to bring us uh, a little bit up to date on any riots or any demonstrations or what occurred after the visit? I have not heard anything about any riots. Uh, There were certainly some demonstrations. There was apparently a class prior to his visit on how to demonstrate and uh, people were going to be paid to demonstrate. All I saw was a couple lines about it and a photograph of the people sitting in a classroom type situation getting their instruction. Wow. So it's kind of proof positive. We've all heard it, you know, that these people are paid oftentimes and generally do not come from the area in which they're protesting. I will tell you that. Flying into Springfield is extremely expensive. We, in fact, people that live here, we use other airports like in Kansas City, St. Louis, Fayetteville, because our airport is terribly expensive. So that probably curtailed some of the worst of the worst. There was, there is an underground, not for Trump um, group that, marched from a specific area to at least close to where he gave the speech. But nothing really to report as far as violence or anything of the sort. So how do you list that on a resume? Professional rioter? (laughs) I'm puzzled. That would be interesting, huh? So this just boggles my mind. Yeah, for that to be your job. And I mean, do they do they pay social security for you? Do they pay your taxes? Is this are you a contract laborer? I mean, you know, what what does the paperwork look like? Do you really believe that stuff or are you just acting? It brings up a whole bunch of new questions. It sure does. And do they get paid in cash? Are they even filing taxes on it? <laughs> yeah. Who signs? Who's got? Who's got the nerve to sign the paycheck? These are all really good questions. They are very good questions, <laughs> and they would. I would love to have them answered. Maybe we need somebody to go underground and take the class. Yeah, the thing about it is, it's a very dangerous job. 
I mean, do they have workman's comp? Do they have disability insurance? I mean, what do they offer you? Do they have, you know, Molotov cocktail insurance? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who insures that kind of people um, for that kind of job? I mean. Speaking of insurance, our hearts go out to the people of Texas. And it it's just sickening to, to watch on the news what the people there are going through. I just, I feel it to the bottom of my soul and it hurts. Well, it really does hurt. And as a person that once in a disastrous situation lost everything, it is very painful for me to watch because your house, your home, your belongings are, I don't want to personify it too much, but it, it def- defines you in a way. Whether it should or not is, is another conversation. A lot of history, you know, each individual's particular history rests in their home and in the things they have in their home. And as Americans, we, we like stuff. We keep stuff. We are kind of hoarders compared to some other cultures. <laughs> But it is very, it is very difficult, painful to watch. I know that these people are survivors. I know that they will pick up and rebuild, but there will always be a piece of them missing. And some that won't return. Oh, that's for sure. You know, there's some that won't return at all. I mean, they just won't be able to. Now, how does this differ from Katrina? You know the areas better than I do. Socioeconomically, Houston is going to be a much more expensive repair and replace. Katrina and Louisiana, the houses were smaller. Houston is a big oil country. After all, it's Texas. Everything's bigger in Texas. The death toll for Katrina, at right at 2,000, it, it, this will never compare to that, thank God. Right now, the death toll sets at right at 40. I'm sure that that will increase because the water rose on a lot of these vehicles. And I'm pretty sure people were in them. Not all of them, but some of them. So that death toll is sure to rise. But from a financial standpoint, I just look for this to be at least double, Katrina. They've already, as of this morning, they were valuing it at right at $200 billion. And that was just in Houston. you got to remember, there are several other cities that have been affected. That's just staggering. It is staggering. It, it will go down, I'm pretty sure, as the greatest loss on American soil financially. Now, you cannot compare that to all the lives that were lost at 911, all the lives that were lost at Katrina. And in the 60s, there were a lot of lives lost in Galveston. Um, and it, will, it won't match, match those. And, of course, there's nothing more valuable than human life. 
the people of Texas are very satisfied with the federal government's response, including, pres including President Trump. Um, uh, yesterday, he wrote a personal check for a million dollars. Of course, there are those that are complaining that that wasn't enough, considering the fact that he's a billionaire. I think you just can't slap help in the face. I think any help that people can and will provide is going to be needed in that area. A lot of times we hear them say on TV, you know, just give a check, give some money. Um, that's what they need most and they can buy whatever they need. Well, some people don't have that. And I, I don't think you should should push that away. They have things that they have that they would like to share. And I'm, I'm hoping that the, those people have the opportunity to get items to different organizations that are going to be taking goods to the ravaged area. And then there are those that try to take advantage of situations like this. I've heard of uh, some smaller stores charging $99 for a case of water. Boy, and you got to be really have some guts to do that in Texas. Because let me tell you, if anywhere place. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd be scared to get my face shot off. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. They will take this very seriously. And in fact, they, when the governor said that the attorney general was already on it, I believe he was on it, you know, days well, ago. This is what I'd like to see the attorney general jump on the gas companies because with the refineries shut down, everybody in North America is going to pay dearly for this, especially right before a long weekend. Oh, I, yeah. I think gas yeah. prices have already started to rise. And here in Canada, well, I think currently we are $5.85 a gallon, and that's going to go up. Oh, my gosh. You're kidding. No. We're right out of back, too, here. Um, I, don't, I don't know exactly what it is today, but I, I, I don't expect that it should go up more than a quarter a gallon. Anything above about a quarter a gallon, which would be related to the supply-demand uh, ratio, would probably be considered gouging. But even Best Buy had to put out an apology, apology for gouging on a case of water in Texas. So I don't know that it's just small, small stores. Um, I'm pretty sure Best Buy as a national company would have never done that. So, but it certainly comes down to, to one a-hole a -hole manager somewhere, right? Exactly. Exactly. And I don't know, does Best Buy have local owners in, in certain areas or are they completely company owned? I really don't know. No idea. Regardless, it was it was bad, and it, that takes a special kind of jerk to do that, you know. And you have to think. It's like we often think about Cain and Abel, and am I my brother's keeper? 
Cain asked God, and according to many theologians, whether you believe in any sort of religion or not, the rest of the whole Bible and the Torah is about just that. Yes, we are our brother's keeper. And anybody that believes in God and some of the scriptures, he says, love one another before you love me. And it's times like this that you really have to think about that. You have to think about helping in any way you can and not just Houston, not just under these conditions, but being kind and doing the right thing just makes you a better person. And there's certainly a lot of those really good stories coming out of Texas. Oh, there's beautiful stories coming out of Texas. I mean, so even as tragic as it is, there's if you look hard enough, you always find something positive, some positive light at the end of the tunnel. And, you know, I just have to say, too, to people that don't do anything and, and you don't have to do a lot and it doesn't have to be financial. You know, you're missing something in life. You're missing one of the best part of, of life. And that is feeling good about yourself because you simply did the right thing. Now, a lot of people probably didn't have insurance. That's right. Now, there was a unique, I'm glad you brought that up. It's a neat, unique situation because as we all know in America, the insurance companies do not sell flood insurance anymore and haven't since the late 60s because they go broke selling it. What they do is they sell a policy that is backed by the United States government. They can sell those policies in region where flood, regions where flood is considered possible. Now, other people may ask, to purchase the policy, and apparently this has came up in the Houston region, but they're oftentimes refused. So uh, yesterday they had a FEMA said they would go back and retro um, and act those policies. So when you hear that a lot of people in Houston are not insured, it means flood insurance. It doesn't mean they didn't have homeowners insurance. I'm sure there's plenty that didn't. For those people that have mortgages, they have to have homeowner's insurance. The issue at hand is flood insurance. Most people have mortgages. Only about 20% of the residents in the United States um, are paid for and not mortgaged. So there isn't a bank in the country that will not require you to have homeowner's insurance. But they wouldn't necessarily make you have flood insurance if you're not in a designated flood zone. And since it has been about 100 years since some of these parts have been of Houston and the surrounding area have been flooded, they were not recognized as flood zones. But the FEMA director said they would retro and act those policies. I do not know logistically how they're going to make that happen. I, I don't know. But that's a good thing for the people that live there. Is it enough? 
I don't know. I mean, it's hard to get things done. It's hard to get houses rebuilt. It's hard to find the construction workers. I have a terrible time here. If something like this happened here, I don't know what we would do. That's going to to definitely occur. There's probably going to be people waiting two years to get their house rebuilt. Exactly. And I wonder if it won't be longer. I had a friend that I spoke to. She said it would be a year. And I thought, really? I, I, I mean, I'm afraid it'll be longer. I, I would agree with you there. It would be longer. Unless a lot of construction workers from other parts that are currently unemployed head that way. Oh, and that will happen. That happened during Katrina. And, uh, you know, that was a bright side of the situation because Katrina happened at a time when building and remodeling were pretty much at a standstill. Yeah, there was we had already few... had... There was quite a few Canadian groups that went up for Katrina and, and even did so long after Katrina for a couple of years. Yeah, I, I think we had people here that never came back because it was just much more lucrative there. Got used you know, to the food. Absolutely great food. Some crawfish. Yeah, great food, jambalaya. You know, they can go down to Texas now and have some barbecue. A uh, little Tex-Mex. It, it is true. They do it big in Texas. In this case, I wish they didn't do it so big because uh, it, it is really heartbreaking to see. But, you know, with all the positive stories coming out of it, I, I just hope we can stay on the positive side now. And it's just scary to think this is the beginning of the hurricane season. Actually, that's true. And there is one forming Irma that could possibly take a turn and go up that Gulf Coast. It's at Cat 4 right now, today, I just heard. And they say it could possibly make five. Now, I don't want to be too alarming. I don't know if that means it'll make five out in the ocean before it hits land. I, I don't know that the, it is for sure going to go up the Gulf and into the Houston, Louisiana area. But that is a possibility. The European models are showing that possibility, and the European models are the ones that are believed to be the most accurate. Uh, there is another model that shows it going up to the Carolinas. There are two more storms forming off of the coast of Africa as we speak. So this could be, I mean, it's already catastrophic. I mean, what do you call it after catastrophic gets hit a couple more times? I don't know. I, I don't know of a word that's big enough. We've got to hope that doesn't happen. Now, while the entire world has been watching stories come out of Texas, another story we talked about this week was North Korea. And in today's news, there was quite a show of force between the U.S., South Korea, and Japan um, showing some firepower to North Korea. Yes, they already had their, uh, we used to call it um, military games. I think that's become not a PC thing to say anymore. 
but they get together every year in that region because of North Korea, basically, and practice. And uh, this time they are showing some force. But the U.S. did intercept a missile. I don't know where it was going to go, but that was yesterday. Um, and that was right, I believe it was right before the one went right over Japan. So when we stopped one of the missiles, Kim Jong-un said, wow, you know, and sent one over the top of Japan. Didn't land, didn't hurt anybody. Nothing really came of it, except that, um, like you said, everybody's showing some muscle. And with the Texas situation, it really has not received the sort of new sort of coverage and emotion it would normally get and i wonder if that has little kim jong upset okay i have a question uh him shooting this missile over japan the japanese like their electronics how come i haven't seen any kind of video or nothing on this I haven't either, and I, I don't know. I wonder if my son, who is going to spend some time teaching English in Japan here in soon, not terribly soon, but soon, um, and he was very upset about it. I, I didn't ask him if he saw a video of it. Because the news here in Canada said, the Pentagon said. Of, I don't know. I don't of, know. I'm not sure. I really believe everything coming out of the Pentagon. <laughs> That's my stance, and I'm sticking to it. So We won't if, hold that against you, Connor. If, if we have any Japanese listeners out there, please send us a video of a missile. Prove me wrong. Here's the challenge. Send us a, send us a video of this missile, please. Why didn't they shoot that one down? I don't, I really don't know. Like I said, I've been like everybody else. I've been focused on Texas, um, Texas and, and, and then visit. the visit to Springfield, Missouri and tax cuts and health care. And, but it's always on my mind somewhere because I don't think you can discount him, Kim Jong-un. Well, this is a little bit off topic, but I did run across a very neat uh, article today has a little bit to do with science, but you'll see in a minute where I'm going with this. Uh, this is from Fox News. Scientists detect strange repeating radio burst on the other side of the cosmos. So this is kind of like the SETI project, or is the SETI project, where um, scientists and astronomers are listening to these this cosmic phenomena known as fast radio bursts, or FRBs. So nobody really knows what it is. There's a bunch of theories, and, and it could be dark matter getting squashed by a, a black hole or a, a pulsar, they're saying. And uh, some say it's an alien propulsion system. So here's the question. If it is aliens, and they came to Earth and said, we want to speak to your leader, this is the question I'm posing to you and the rest of our listeners out there. P please shoot us a, a comment on the on the podcast. But do you think we should introduce them to Trump? Yes or no? Oh, we would have to. 
we would have to. It would just be iconic. You know, this reminds me of the first and best, in my opinion, Independence Day movie, which is a movie that is near and dear to my heart. Um, first of all, it was just a good movie. Secondly, it accurately, in my opinion, depicts how we all change when we have a common enemy. We're no longer black versus white. We're no longer Muslim versus Jew. We are people of the world trying to destroy our enemy. Or we're, we have a Confederate flag airboat and we pick up some black people. <laughs> <laughs> yes, oh, I see boy. exactly what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's just, that movie just gives me that warm, fuzzy, excited feeling inside because this is what people can do when they work together. And in Houston, it's kind of like that. But if there is someone out there, and I don't think Trump can fly him. I well, don't think he... Has a... I think there's two things that could happen there. Either they nuke us with lasers or possibly they look at Trump and go, hey, one of our kind. Or on the, on the more positive side, Connor, what if it is God? What if it is heaven? We're getting pings from heaven. Could be. Probably saying, stop that. Yeah, stop it. Stop it. Well, we agree on that. We do, and we don't always agree, but life's a journey. Godspeed, my friends. Godspeed, Connor. Godspeed, Grace, and Godspeed to all the listeners out there. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Dueling Dialogues is brought to you by our affiliates at IX Web Hosting. Click the banner on the rightleftchronicles.com to get up to 40% off your first year of the best hosting on the planet. Today's episode of Dueling Dialogue is brought to you by Saucy Eva. Gma's marinade is coming soon to a plate near you to gourmetize your meats and proteins.